Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Amazing Race Rewind podcast, the podcast where we rewind back in time to watch the earliest seasons of the Amazing Race for the first time. My name is Andrew. And I'm Jill. And we're here today to talk about season two, episode four. Yes, this was, um, I think in my opinion, I wanted to, I wanted to see what you thought about this. It felt like the most real Amazing Race episode. Like there was a bit of everything. It wasn't so central like centralized in one thing there was good travel there was good tasks there was good bit of like team interaction what do you think by real do you mean like modern as in like what we're used to or do you mean like raw maybe modern is more what i'm getting at but it just felt like you know often i think when we've talked about episodes in the past we've been able to kind of bookmark it as this episode was about really bad tasks this episode was chaotic (laughs) this episode was just all travel whereas this one felt kind of like it incorporated everything yeah i feel that i I feel very neutral about this episode it's just kind of like an average run-of-the-mill episode for me and didn't do anything great didn't do anything horrible like i didn't really have any strong opinions about it it was season two episode four interesting i definitely felt like it was a pretty solid episode okay i mean for me the first 25 minutes or so were very slow i thought it was very slow and then also it's very predictable with the way they had the two flights and that i did not like at all but we will get into that because i i want to go off on that 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 is true that is true (laughs) however i will say like my note literally quite like quite literally my note written down is i would argue this is one of the best episodes of the series so far oh looking back would i would i make that statement now that you've brought up that point Uh, it's definitely up there though i would definitely say it's up there for me Okay, and I was saying, out of the season, I would say it's, like, one of the worst. Mm. So, some different different opinions. I think, I really liked episode two and three. I think those were good episodes. Um, I mean, episode one was fine, too, but I don't know. This one, it didn't, it didn't really do much for me. And I said series, too, not just season. I know, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm saying, it's not even clearing the best of the season so far, and we're only at four. Wow, okay. Episodes in total. Well, shall we get but, into it? We shall get right into it. So we start this episode a little bit unconventionally, where we get a look into what's going on during the 24-hour rest period at the pit stop. And there is some drama. Some people are drinking, and there is some apparently some vulgar language, and a fight between Will and Chris and Alex. We don't really hear much of what's going on or what they're saying, but apparently it's a little bit brutal. It seems alcohol-induced is how I would describe it. Yeah. And I, I just, I want to see what's going on. Let me see what's going on. They're, like, telling us about it, but I, we don't know what the actual issue is about. And we also get a little sneak of sneak peek of Tara and Alex having a little bit of a showmance here. Well, because they had done the one task together, remember? And they yeah. did the, the away, or the side interviews, had them speaking a little bit um, endearingly towards one another, should I say? Yeah. Is there something brewing? Well, I mean, it looked like they were kissing or like in an intimate setting alone. It looked like and they was... were shoved in a back corner and the camera just caught them. Like very almost <laughs> that... stereotypical, but Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was talking about during that the Roblox in episode 2, I was thinking, "Oh, postseason thing," but it looks like they're they're getting it going while they're on the show. Let's let's talk about that as a concept, not them specifically, but just that <laughs> as a concept. Is that a smart decision? to hook up with somebody your personal opinion would you is that something you think would be a good idea because it, it jeopardizes a lot yeah i think it's just a distraction if anything and it just puts too much personal feelings i guess but if you can't help it you can't help it i suppose i don't know it's something that i w- wouldn't 
be a fan of. It takes you out of the game. You're not as serious. You're not as focused. Yeah. I de- yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I thought this was also very odd. I've like people hooking up on the Amazing Race. I was didn't see see that coming at all. And also the fact that they get to interact with each other, which I feel like is just not a thing that happens at all today. That's true. I don't know. I think I mean in also, this way. Yeah. Either that or they just don't broadcast it as much anymore. But why wouldn't they? That is true. I know maybe it's just not as juicy. I guess so. I don't know. Like they well, they, they put this in a segment of clips that were all very drama heavy or quote-unquote drama mm-hmm. heavy you know they were trying to make it seem like the pit stop had been quite tumultuous yeah it's like all of a sudden the amazing race turned into jersey shore or something for <laughs> two minutes you know it's like all of a sudden we're in the jersey shore house <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was it like don't get me wrong it had entertainment value but it was an interesting choice to keep in the episode yeah and especially since they didn't like exactly tell us what was going on but yeah, I thought it was a kind of a cool a cool look into almost behind the scenes. Basically, yeah. Anyway, so that's all before the leg is, is starting. It's probably at dinner the night before, but let's uh let's get on to the actual race. Yes. So the first team to depart is Oswald and Danny at 2:52 a.m., which funnily enough, Tara and Will and then also Gary and Dave also depart at 2:52 a.m. Huh. So they were all departing like pretty much at the exact same time. They were extremely close. And they are told to take a charter flight to Walvis Bay, Namibia. So on the way to Namibia, there are two charter flights, which are three hours apart, which is a considerable amount of time. So there are four teams on the first flight, four teams on the second flight. And I do not like this for a variety of reasons. One, it makes the race very predictable because we know that there's pretty much a 90% or higher chance that one of these teams on the second plane will be eliminated. And it alleviates the pressure from the teams on the first plane, which a lot of the drama or like conflict in the show comes from the pressure of the race. And when you know that you're three hours ahead of other teams, it alleviates a lot of that pressure. And then also, lastly, it creates a greater divide between the teams on the top and the teams on the bottom. And it doesn't allow the teams who are behind to catch up, not in just this leg, but in further legs. So I didn't like this. Like three hours is a lot of time. And this is something I feel like, I, I don't know how much is it, because this is a common thing in all in all versions mm-hmm. of the show now, is they have specific flights you can be on. And this is, again, in contrast to Last Leg, even where they were kind of given a free-for-all, book your flights. I almost prefer, I know last season, because that's how it was all of last season, it was free-for-all, do what you gotta do. And I probably said something about I didn't like this, but I, I actually might prefer that now, because the thing is, you knew which teams were booking which flights, but they weren't actually able to tell who would get there first or who would get there faster. And I feel like it was a lot more luck of the draw. Yeah. And it was just a lot more fun to watch now because it's like you said, with this, okay, you know that one of those top four teams is going to be the winner of this leg. They're going to be safe probably for the next episode. And someone in the that second plane is going to be eliminated. Yeah. And like even last episode when teams were flying to um where were we south africa they had a lot more agency in being able to choose their flights and you could say the gutsy grannies got eliminated because they weren't competent enough with booking their flights whereas here it's pretty much just dependent on how you did in the previous leg which i don't like i think there should always be an opportunity for the placements to switch or for people at the bottom to come back and that's not happening with these flights it's, it's like you're saying, it doesn't matter the type of tasks they put out for those top four teams. They have a three-hour advantage. Chances are they're going to yeah. be able to almost finish those tasks by the time the other the other flight gets there. 
Well, and especially for the tasks in these early seasons where a lot of them, it's very easy to move through them quickly. They don't take a lot of skill. They don't take a lot of time. So, yeah. So, that's it for that big rambling mess about why we didn't like that. <laughs> I will add, it's um, from Danny and Oswald. I forget who, but one of them is suffering from muscle pain. Am I correct? Yes, and his foot. Do you remember who it was? I don't remember who it was. Okay. Well, one of them is suffering from muscle pain in his foot, and, I mean, they're in a good spot, to be honest. They're in first, but I feel like to have a, a physical injury or issue in your foot or leg on The Amazing Race is the worst possible thing, because if it comes down yeah. to a sprint, you are at a disadvantage. You're over. I know, but the first the first couple teams actually are kind of playing it smart, and they're pooling their money for a cab. Yeah, which we, we haven't... I don't think we've seen this before, No, but, but I like this. It's smart, yeah. I don't know why no one's thought to do it before. So yeah, Taryn, Will, Danny, and Oswald, and Gary, and Dave, since they're all pretty much departing at the same time, they share a taxi to the airport, which somehow I feel like this this wouldn't be allowed. Like, I feel like the producers wouldn't like this. I don't think it wouldn't be allowed. I mean, they're you're doing what you gotta do. You're playing within the rules of the game, and if you, it's like an alliance. If you want to make that connection, why not? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So the next team to depart are Mary and Peach at 5.56 a.m., they're about three hours after the first three teams who departed. And then after that, Blake and Paige and then the twins are leaving at 6.02 a.m. Chris and Alex at 8.20 and Cindy and Russell at 8.51. So we do see those divides of what we were talking about uh, last episode. And what I find funny about the second half of teams, obviously because they know they're, they're vying to get there to be on that first mm-hmm. flight. And again, this is something... I feel like either no one's thought of before or it wasn't done last season is some of them are telling their taxi drivers, oh, if if you get there before that guy, you know, I'll pay you a hundred extra, whatever the currency Mm -hmm. is. I'm like, "Mm." yeah, like we're using bribery. I think this was I think it was Blake who did that, which, again, that's a hunger to win resourcefulness outside of the box thinking. It's what I like to see. But I feel like this wouldn't be allowed. I feel like you shouldn't be able to bribe your taxi driver. It's a fine line. It's to me, it's not buying a phone, but it's it's <laughs> it's worse than I'd say pooling money for a cab. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's a little bit hairy, and I feel like that could hairy? initiate a rule change. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> is that. I am not aware of this phrase. <laughs> it's a little bit hairy. Like it's a little <laughs> bit iffy. It's a little bit. I, fuzzy. Sorry, I have to Google that. I just, yeah, right here. Stressful alarming. or nervous? Yeah. Oh, yeah. where did you pick that up? I think I, I just heard it somewhere. It, I didn't even think about it. It just came out of my brain. <laughs> Interesting. I just regurgitated it. Oh, word expanding of the day, our vocabulary on The Amazing Race Rewind. Yeah, that's what we're here to do. So yes, all those teams are fighting for the last spot on the first plane, and ultimately Mary and Peach are the ones who get there first. So on the first plane, it is uh, Mary and Peach, Will and Tara, Gary and Dave, and then Oswald and Danny. Yes, and then... Like you said, this kind of sets the tone for where the rest of the episode will go. Right. So they're they're taking the, their charter plane to Namibia, and they're really emphasizing that there's nothing there. Like, this airport is in the middle of the desert with no sight of civilization, it seems. Someone says, it's yeah, like, there's not a settlement around or something. Yeah. Kind of interesting, though. So then, as I got off the plane, there's a mad dash here for taxis. And one thing that I thought was interesting is that people were trying to rent a car which is something we haven't seen, but they were unable to do so because they didn't have a credit card. Which I feel like is probably intentional on the show's behalf and why they give them cash, because I feel like renting a car when it's not explicitly stated that you are supposed to drive yourself somewhere takes away from kind of the point or might make it more difficult for the production 
to track or Mm -hmm. be accountable of a team. Yeah, I think so. And I think that could also be, there could be some liabilities with that probably, with having teams rent out cars, but who knows. And then we have another case of Oswald and Danny getting something for being polite and calm, which I know you're gritting from ear to ear about. I I knew that you would know that I would love that. (laughs) I did make a note of that, of course, but it shows because it's so true. So what happens is basically all these teams are trying to get a cab and they're kind of frantically running around They're as we see on the amazing race they're in a hurry and oswald and danny with their polite and calm and chill demeanor kind of walk up to it's just a booth or a a kiosk or a store in the airport and they just kind of play oh no sorry sorry it's the car it was avis yeah it was avis and you know it was as andrew mentioned they're trying to rent a car but they can't because they don't have a credit card but because of their polite demeanor, the woman says, well, I can have one of my guys drive you. And they were like, oh, really? Thank you so much. How, you know, how much will it be? And yeah. she's just kind of like, whatever, you know, whatever you're going to pay him. Like very nonchalant. But it, it works. Just so casual. Yeah. And to my point, everyone else goes to, I think, a store or something where um, cabs are phoned for them. Yeah. Just I just want to talk about Oswald and Danny for a second. This team, they are so incredibly relaxed and level-headed like it's crazy i think like they could be relaxed to their detriment because they have such a lack of urgency and i don't know if it's apathy but they're just like so not i don't know what the word i'm looking for like stressed yeah or stressed at all they're just like okay yeah here we go did they say they were from miami in the preamble i have no idea where they're from i don't know never mind i was gonna say like them if miami that would make sense for their attitudes but i can't quite remember oh (laughs) <laughs> I don't know people from Miami were known for being oh, it's calm. Just, you're in a beach city. You're chill. <laughs> okay. Do you know the Will Smith song, Miami? No? No. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. Will Smith? Yeah. No, I'm not you've, aware. You've, okay, I'm sorry. Well, how does it go? I'm not going to sing it. Okay. Well, but as you mentioned, everybody else goes to a store or some other place for taxis. And this lady who's working there, she just has it down. She's just organizing everything for everybody. She's taking it very seriously. Everybody's getting taxis. And she's handling kind of the stress that everybody's coming at her with. Literally, because they're running up to her like, I need a cab. Like, you know, palms down on the desk. And she's just like, okay. And here comes Gary when he tries to get a taxi. (laughs) He kills me (laughs) with he's so awkward. So <laughs> he's he's asking the lady how they can get to the town and she says she can raise a tax she can arrange a taxi to which he replies with oh how civilized <laughs> It's like I don't even can we unpack this what well, I don't what prompts somebody to say, to say that as a response I like the thing is I don't understand where he's coming from is it the fact that she's just so on top of this and so like willing to help in that sense because I feel like on the amazing race you probably would just get a lot of people kind of telling you to you know get out of here but yeah maybe because she was just so great graceful with it I don't know I, it's <laughs> and then he continues and says okay so let's get it on <laughs> and it's in like the most awkward bumbling way <laughs> you know <sighs> it's so strange and also, might I add, Gary seems to be the Rob of his team, where I don't think we've really heard anything Sorry, the what? from Dave. The Rob. Where, like, Rob was the one always getting the screen time and the sound bites and oh, everything, and Brennan oh. was just kind of silent. I, thought you I feel like rock. Gary... 
No. <laughs> yeah, he is a rock. No. <laughs> but Gary, it seems to be kind of the more dominant one of Gary and Dave, because I don't, haven't really heard Dave speak much at all. You know, that's that's true. But I mean, like you said, Gary is giving some interesting sound bites. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't get it at first. I think it just wasn't for me. But now I, I might be understanding what their character is. Yeah. It's clicking. You didn't get their edit role right off the bat? No, I did, but I just didn't like understand the humor. It's a dry I just it humor. Was stupid. Yeah, and I still think it's stupid, but now I can like kind of appreciate the stupidness. You know? You're not a fan of dry humor? No, I am. I said I appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> but I don't even know if this was intentional humor. Maybe that's part of it, because it just might be how he is. That's fair. Anyway, there, we can unpack that for a long time, but we got to keep this, this show on the road, pun intended. Yes. That's a really good pun for The Amazing Race. Show on the road, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like you said earlier, one of... <laughs> not you absolutely killing yourself with that one. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Whew. So, as you mentioned before, um, one of Oswald and Danny have soreness in his foot or have or having issues with his foot so they just decide you know what let's just do the fast forward let's skip this leg but they they decide that after the lighthouse do they not oh do they they open that at the lighthouse i think because they drive themselves oh so okay. we should add so the teams who once they get to the airport they are instructed to you know however they can get to it's what is the name of the lighthouse again sorry where are my notes i don't know i don't have it written down i just say a lighthouse you basically yes there's a lighthouse in the town um it's pretty straightforward climb up to the top of the lighthouse oh. It's called the the town is called Swackup. I'm not going to say that right. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so they have to climb the lighthouse. Clue box at the top, and then the clue box for the teams not choosing the fast forward instructs them to uh, look for their car, which is pretty easy to see Mm -hmm. from the top of the lighthouse. It's just parked near the water, Um, and then teams again not doing the fast forward. There's clue on the dashboard, and they drive themselves. Uh, Oswald and Danny decide because of the foot injury. They're going to go for the fast forward, which to me, they still haven't quite got the idea of a fast forward down 100% of the time. Because in Brazil, we had the volleyball task. This one is quite literally find a hotel, walk to the center of it, where there's a pool where there used to be railroad tracks, jump in the pool, and the clue is just like in a, on a pole in the middle of the pool. Like, it's so easy to obtain. Is it a pool or is it a fountain? It looks like it, a fountain. It looks like a pool, though, because they're... When both of them go in, and like um, when the other team, who spoiler goes for it, goes in, it's like waist deep. Yeah, I think it's a pool, but okay, I don't know. Either way, it's just kind of a weird. It's still not a great fast forward task. Like it's there's like you know Phil says because spoiler Oswald Danny do get the fast forward. (laughs) He's like Oswald and Danny have won the fast forward, and I'm like, yeah, it's like they didn't win. They're not winning it. I guess they won in the sense that they got there first, so that's a win. Maybe I don't know. I wouldn't. It's just you've obtained it. You didn't win it. Like the volleyball <laughs> okay, task. Yeah. That's winning the fast. Forward. They did win. Yes. But anyway, so would you prefer it to be more like the fast forward? Would you prefer them to be more like the volleyball tasks? Yes, because then you could have two teams there, and you know, they're it's like a face off. Yeah. Well, it's not face off. Sorry, but it, it's different thing. It's that pressure. Whereas here, mm. it's first come, first serve. I agree. Yeah. And we had that great moment last season with Nancy and Emily and the Guidos because it was that kind of exactly. face-off sort of, a, sort of a deal. Exactly. But anyway, so for the teams who don't take the fast forward, they, like I said, spot the cars from the lighthouse, go to them. And now this was an interesting thing I 
I noticed before we even tell you what they they do is no. they have to self-drive. But the instructions state that a local driver will take over the wheel after 7 p.m. Yeah. Um, because they're going to be driving out into the desert. And I just laugh because I think this is a direct prevent or direct caution to the Paul and Amy situation. Yeah, exactly. They yeah, they definitely <laughs> implemented that because of the Paul and Amy situation. Which is so smart because that was such a stupid... It, like, I, I'm going to be real. It was a stupid idea. Like, let's send a bunch of people who don't know where <laughs> yeah, they're going. Some of them can't read maps. And let's send them out to the desert to just drive around for hours. Yeah, and also with this driving, it didn't seem like they were just driving in the middle of the no- middle of nowhere. It seemed like there was a little bit more... Civilization? In- civilization, and it didn't seem as difficult where teams were just kind of driving aimlessly. There seemed to be, like, a little... It seemed to be a little bit more intuitive. Yeah. I well, I think, And I think that's too what you know, maybe last season didn't account for as much when giving directions or maps or stuff that I feel like you have to account for is the way the TV show is set up is it's such high stakes and high stress. And when you're in that situation, you're not as good at tasks as at mental right. tasks, or you're typically most people aren't as sharp as they would be in a normal situation. So although maybe, you know, the desert task um, last season to a person who wasn't under the stress of the show would be very easy to complete it probably wasn't because i mean that leg like you said was crazy like people were just it was everywhere i don't know just a yes. thought but do you want to talk about where they have to go yes well let's just i'm just going to wrap up the fast forward so also mary and peach they go for the fast forward and they're okay i don't i just want to mention this cuz i think it's kind of stupid but when they decide they're going for the fast forward they're like talking back and forth and then there's like this horrible splice together audio clip that they have of one of them saying let's do the fast forward because it's like the audio quality totally changes from what the dialogue was before and there's like an echo and it sounds like it was filmed in a hotel room or something (laughs) but they go for the fast forward after danny and oswald already got it so um they just have to continue going on the rest of the leg with wet clothes for whoever decided to do that because i feel like that would be miserable because she jumped in the pool but hey that's the name of the game yeah, they have to drive themselves, the teams who don't go the fast forward, they have to drive themselves to the base of a sand dune, which is known as the Matterhorn, and then they have to hike up to get their next clue. So yeah, meanwhile, Danny and Oswald, they're on their way to the pit stop, and teams climb up to the sand dune, and we get to a... Detour. I also just have to add, though, I loved the sand I thought the sand dune was so cool, um, just as a concept. I know some of the teams... You know, Mary and Peach, one of them is sick. I know some of the other teams weren't mm-hmm. feeling great. But as a concept, I just think it's so cool. And that leads into a detour, which if you've been with us, if you know us... It's a stupid detour. The, well, I, should, I shouldn't say it's stupid in the sense... The one task that every, everyone chose, it looked, it was fun. It was actually really good. But the other one... It was fun. Come on. So it's... What is it? Yeah. Slide or... I didn't even write it down. I didn't write I down the other option. I there was no option. point the other option it's so you're at, you, you open a clue at the top of the sand dune it's like you walk down and it takes longer to walk down but you know it's less risky or the other option which you and i would easily do it's slide which looks like so much fun yeah. it's literally just tobogganing down a sand dune on a crazy carpet <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's in- what it is <laughs> two canadian kids but yeah no it's all right it's basically you get you sit on a crazy carpet and you slide down at, I think they said, reaching reaching speeds of 15 miles 50. per hour. I thought they said 50. 
Andrew, do you know how fast 50 miles per hour is? <laughs> I know, but I thought I thought they said it was like extremely fast. It's like 80 kilometers an hour. <laughs> no, I swore they said 50. Andrew, I think it's 15. Okay, well, <laughs> I thought it was, I swore it was 50. You thought they were I'm going blown, 80 I'm, kilometers an hour down that. Well, I thought, I thought it was a pretty steep hill. 15 is like 30. Yeah, I, but I thought they were going quick. I don't know. Maybe so, you're right, but it like going 80 kilometers an hour down that thing seems like a lot. Despite how fast it is, it's a stupid detour. Like the the sliding down the hill isn't even. It's it doesn't seem scary to me. Like I see there could be risk in it, but you're not jumping off a cliff. Everybody's gonna choose that. You know what they should have done? They should have just made it like a regular task. Let's not call it a detour because we know everybody's gonna do this anyway. And if it was a regular task, I think we would be sitting here clapping and cheering and talking about how amazing it was. But instead, we're doing this. We're beating the same old drum that we do every single week on this podcast, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> You're done. I'm done. I'm sick of it, you really said. And also, speaking of being sick of things, Tara and Will are starting to get a little bit sick of each other because they're totally like bickering on the way up the sand dune. They're, like, calling each other names and stuff. <laughs> Will does say to her, doesn't he? He's like, I'm paying you to do this. And she's like, you're paying me? She's like, yeah, I'm paying you half a million dollars if you win this thing. Which, good mindset, not a great time to bring that up. But anyway, the slide task is great. Everyone looks like they're having a lot of fun. My only comments are, I would definitely want goggles and a face covering. Because I feel like you would just get sand everywhere. Yeah. What's that? Like, it's like that Star Wars quote, you know? I don't know. But uh, you're getting sand in every crevice, and <laughs> you're going to be... That sh- the shower afterward, I know, is going to feel great. You don't know this? It's like the Star Wars quote from the prequels, where it's... Maybe uh, once you once you say it, I'll recognize it. It's but. like Anakin. He's like, I hate sand. He's like, it's um, it's coarse. Here, I just Googled it. It's coarse, it's rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Well, yes, yeah. And it's, I don't like sand. Sorry. Oh, Sorry to. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. The Star Wars buffs would come after me for that, but I, you know what? I love Star Wars, so it's okay. There's a big crossover between Star Wars and Amazing Race fans, so that's very. Last season, last season, (laughs) in El Gem. Anyway, everyone chooses slide. No difficulty. Everyone has fun, and we're moving on. And at about this point in the episode, the second flight arrives to Namibia, and everybody gets a taxi immediately, which seems to be pretty lucky except for Chris and Alex. And this puts Chris... It takes Chris and Alex about an hour to get a taxi, so it puts them behind by quite a bit here. Because they call on the phone, um, whereas everybody else does what the previous teams did, which is go to that woman in the booth. Yes. And on the second... So, sorry, on the second flight, we should just outline Chris and Alex, Shola and Dween, Cindy and Russell, and... Blake and Paige. Yes, Blake and Paige. So teams are, uh, they, they, yeah, they go to the lighthouse and then they have to drive themselves. And something here that we learn is that Shola and Dwayne, they cannot drive a stick shift. Yes. Which is not good at all. Not only are they not good at driving stick, but you're driving on the opposite side of the road than what they're yeah. used to. I wanted to ask you, do you think stick would be our downfall? I mean, I think now that we have like so much knowledge of the show and I feel like that is a thing that you should learn before you go on, I think I would make a point to learn how before going on, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've never driven stick. Um, I've been, I've I. driven quite a bit in a car that is stick, like in the passenger seat, and I've had it explained to me while driving. 
So I understand, like, I've, n- I've never practiced it, but I understand the procedure. I understand what it's doing. And so I feel like I would pretty quickly be able to figure it out. But that being said, I just don't have experience. Yeah. And that's one of those things where we know now with having all this extensive backlog that that's something that you need to learn before you go on the show. Whereas this was only season two. And this was that was never highlighted last season. So how were the twins supposed to know that this was something that they should learn before they go on? Exactly. Race? But it makes sense, you know, especially in like a Sandy, a Sandy, um, mm-hmm. what's the word, terrain, you would want like stick shift. Yes. So yeah, everybody, so yeah, so they're struggling with that and everybody goes and does the, the tobogganing detour or whatever. And then afterward, they have to make their way to Spitzkopi or something, however you say that, where they have to find a general dealer and then ask for the postcard of the day. And the general dealer is basically the general store. Mm-hmm. And then the postcard sends them to kind of this outdoor um, wood carving market, yes. which is very cool. But this this task at the wood carving market, um, it's a roadblock. And what is the clue? Someone has to know their animals. Yeah. This, no matter who did it, you or me, I think it would be our downfall because it's about bargaining. Yes, but with that being said, this did, this did not seem to be hard at all. And I think even... That's true. I think, who who was doing it? It was Peach. She didn't seem to do any bartering. They were just like, this costs 70. And she said, okay, this costs this. She said, okay. So I don't think it was that huge of a deal. And then, so, okay, we didn't explain what it was. What the, yes. Yeah, what the detour is, is or the roadblock, sorry. Whoever is doing it, they have to bargain with the people in the market and get one of each of five animals, which are, I don't remember what they are, but they're all African animals. And Um, then the big prize winner is this massive, literally massive (laughs) giraffe that they have to take with them after. Yeah. Um, So we first see Tara do it, and she does this in about like three seconds. It's like a very short clip of her just kind of bartering with these people, and then she completes it. And the thing is, this market is very small. And to me, it feels almost a little bit more inauthentic than if they were to do it at a big market, because obviously the producers would have talked to these people and they know exactly what they're getting into. And they know like, okay, these are Americans, they're on a reality TV show, they're going to have to be doing this. So I think it kind of takes away from the authenticity of a task. Like similar to this, that would happen in a giant market. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just... The, we kind of had a market task last episode, mm-hmm. so that's probably what they were trying to avoid two in a row. And I think this one was just a lot more focused on probably the wood carvings themselves than the market atmosphere. Had they not gone to a market in South Africa last episode, they might have done it differently this episode, but I think they were just trying to avoid that. Yeah. But with that being said, it still was a cool task, and I like the concept. I thought it was where you have to like bargain with the uh, the people at the market. I thought that was very cool. You know, it was good. And I, but again, so they complete it. And then how tall do you think that giraffe is? Like five feet tall? Yes. <laughs> it's this massive wooden giraffe. But basically, they have to shove this giraffe in the back of their, their Jeeps or their Toyota, whatever their trucks. Yeah. And from here, they go to the pit stop, correct? Yes. So something that happens when <laughs> Tara and Will are leaving the roadblock, or Gary and Dave show up. And here we have some shenanigans, a great interaction. Will's saying something like, oh, there's no way you got here so fast. Like, you were speeding, you were speeding. And they're kind of going back and forth. And then... Oh! Yeah. And and then Gary just walks over to the car and says, you're going down. (laughs) (laughs) This is so not serious. It's like, he kills me. (laughs) And he fully kind of in, like, 
you know that like really bad quality videos people take from their car windows when there's like <laughs> drama with other cars because yeah. he's like standing beside the passenger door while the windows are like rolled up and the car is driving out and he does the full like finger point yeah. to them like one finger extended yeah. you're going down it's so like kids show it's like a disney channel show there's you're going down you know that's what it feels like to me <laughs> or like a disney channel like i don't know high school musical yeah. camp rock so at this point the teams who are on the first flight are kind of starting to check i mean danny and oswald have checked checked in they're good to go they've won the leg mm-hmm. um predictably so they had the fast forward and like we said these other teams are kind of wrapping up the roadblock with without any difficulty and they're on their way to the pit stop yeah and at this point we're kind of thinking Chris and Alex are behind because they had that issue getting taxis. But then we see them arrive to the dune and Shola and Dween um, are nowhere to be found. And we Cut see, two. Yeah, we see Shola and Dween. They're having a whole slew of difficulties with their getting their car stuck in the desert. They don't know how to drive. Um, and I thought they were toast. I felt so bad for them when they got stuck in seemingly the middle of nowhere. But there were some locals around. Yeah, because what happens is, obviously, they've driven off the road a little bit, and one of their tires got really stuck in the sand, and they've obviously just kind of kept stepping on the gas, which you should know if you're ever in snow or sand. You don't, because it just digs your tire a further rut, because it can't grip on anything. So, they've literally dug themselves a hole they can't get out of. (laughs) Well, they could get out of. Yeah, and so, thankfully, like you said, some of the locals have that pass by have a truck, and they pull them out. But this does, all of a sudden shift the the tone of the episode mm-hmm. yeah so another thing is the dune closes we learned that the dune closes at seven forty-five, and then there's just like a shot of the clock in the car and where it's like seven thirty-nine. it's like they're probably not gonna make it yeah oh yeah and then just back to when donnie no not donnie danny danny and oswald when they check in they're talking about um his foot but i'm still thinking about the twin with the achilles tendon that got run over by a car Whatever happened yeah. to that? The, that just healed overnight or what? I feel like there would have been like a medical checkout. Maybe what is yeah. like a ten- tensor bandage or something put on it. <laughs> Some Advil. Yeah, and, and keep going. Well, it's one of the twins at the start of the episode, isn't it? That says it's kind of become eat or be eaten. Yeah, I guess so. We're getting to that point on, on episode four. I know. I Th- that was the only quote I really picked up from the episode. Was- See, I didn't even pick up on that. So it's like you said, Oswald and Danny are on first. And then Gary and Dave are coming in second here. These these are two teams who, right off the bat, I was very neutral to and very mm-hmm. indifferent. Not that that's changed, but just, you know, they've really come from behind. Well, and you know, Gary and Dave, I thought they were going to be the first ones out. Y- you did say they gave you first boot energy. I did say that. That was a quote from, from me, myself. But they're still here, and they're, they've been at the top these past couple of episodes. They're they're here to win. They're here to win yeah. business. Could you imagine a Gary and Dave? Like I just cannot fathom in my wildest dreams them being the winners of the Amazing Race season two. Like that just that's not my reality. I'm gonna be blatant with you, and you know maybe if I'm completely wrong, you can <laughs> get back at me for my Robin Brennan gloating last season. But I don't see them winning. No, there's no way. That's what I'm saying. Like I, there's no world where I see them winning. <laughs> and we we cut to. Uh, Chris, who's doing the roadblock, and he's he's having a great time with this. I love to see it because they probably think that they're in the back, but he's still like very high energy. He's having a lot of fun with this, and he's just appreciating what he's doing, despite the fact that they're 
in their minds, they probably think that they're in last because they don't know what's going on with the Twins here. I feel like that's a difficult position to be in, mm-hmm. to keep your spirits up, but you still have that little glimmer of hope because you never know for sure. Right. So Tara and Will are in third place here, and there's a little bit of controversy. I don't even know if this is controversy, where uh, Blake and Page and Mary and Peach pretty much arrive at the pit stop at the same time, but Blake and Page seem to find a shortcut and cut through the bush or something and not take the path that Mary and Peach thought you were supposed to take. And Mary and Peach weren't very pleased about this, which I'm confused about. Because to me, Blake and Paige, they were just being savvy. It's, again, what did the clue say? Did the clue say you have to walk on the path to the pit stop? Was there a sign at the start of the trail? I mean, actually, there probably was, like, please stay on the path. But I feel like in the, that's the thing too now, Phil is there at the mat. So it's probably a lot more awkward because he doesn't probably want to police that. Mm-hmm. Even if he has a thought of... Uh, should I admit these people's first or second? I don't know. Yeah. But in any event, Blake and Paige do come in fourth and Mary and Peach are in fifth. But like, does it really matter what place they're in? Because they're only beating them by, what, 30 seconds by taking this path. Exactly. So, you're going to start You're gonna start at the exact same time. Yeah. When, in, yeah. And Cindy and Russell are in sixth. Chris and Alex is in, are in seventh. Surprisingly. Very surprisingly. And one of them actually goes up and hugs Phil, which we love to see <laughs> Phil, like he just, he, you can tell he's still getting used to it. He's still, yeah. you know, getting getting used to the hosting thing because he just seems so rigid. He is rigid. And when <laughs> the one from Chris Nell goes to hug him, it just looks like you know in those movies where it's like the really like warm hearted children have like icy cold, yeah. usually like like rich parents. That's the kind of hug it looks like. Yeah, was just like not reciprocated at all. <laughs> yeah, like he's unsure of what to do. So Chris and Alex live another day, and... And very surprisingly... Shola and Dween are eliminated here. Yeah, that was... Wow. I feel like... Not expecting that. Yeah, I feel like they just let them skip the tasks here, because I feel like they weren't going to make them wait a whole another day. So I feel like they just pretty much took them directly to the pit stop. Probably. Because that would be not ideal if they were to have to wait another day, and then the production would be behind and everything, you know? I don't even... Not even production's behind, but then you've kind of... unnecessarily tracking this other team yeah when it's easier for them to just just get it like get it done now yeah but yeah a surprise elimination there yeah martine loved them she really her one and two teams were taken out like that bang bang (laughs) they really were she she was a bad omen for them or something yeah wow yeah, I'm not overly sad that they were eliminated. Like they really didn't do that much for me. I thought they were fine. They were net, like they were they were a good team and they were definitely had potential. I'm surprised they're eliminated mm-hmm. now, but it's not world ending. No. It was not a David Margarita or Gutsy Granny elimination here. That being said, I feel like they're almost too positive to keep around cuz like the teams that are kind of now, here yes. now, they've all got more I'm like I'm not speaking badly about any of the teams, but they've got kind of more of that like snarky american reality tv show mm-hmm. entertainment value person like they can put on that personality and they're playing the cameras in that way yeah i'm looking at all the teams that are remaining and i think they all have something going for them there's not really a dud in here per se no it's a it's gonna be interesting and preview for next week's episode we're going back to bangkok yeah which, first time repeating a location and last season some stuff went down there there is a like a bit of a showdown there or i should say thailand was quite the location for people we had the guidos and the whole nancy and emily thing with the fast forward 
when, when the what did you call it a dinner table discussion a round table discussion elimination yeah family uh meeting is what it was <laughs> yeah so i feel like it's promising we'll see return to bangkok season two and not only that but we are joined by a guest next week so oh my god yeah know. super exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so, so we shall see yeah. you then in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Amazing Race Rewind, or you can send us an email with any questions, suggestions, etc. at AmazingRaceRewind at gmail.com. Andrew has gone above and beyond with the Instagram content. Um, if you know, you know. If you're a true fan and you've, you've followed us on Instagram, you'll have seen the, the vision <laughs> that he has created to introduce... Martine, our, who was our first guest. For episode two, um, yeah. Will this, yes, will this be repeated? I don't know, but... We'll see I if I have the you, time or motivation, but we'll see. <laughs> you did message me saying that it was a vision that came to you. Yeah, so we'll see if I have the same vision. After next week's episode. Yes. But I highly recommend you go, Yeah, like Andrew said, follow us, shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys, and we love collecting um, behind-the-scenes bonus content. It's honestly become such a a valuable pastime for us <laughs> how is it how is it valuable like how are we gonna use this a we're gaining knowledge and fun facts about the world sure b we're gaining an insight to the industry and okay. c we're preparing ourselves for if we ever go on the race okay wow you had you had that locked and loaded in your arsenal those points to back i up. i was yeah i was here with the facts and the evidence yeah let me write the essay i will give you the thesis <laughs> so <laughs> so tired oh that's so bad so tired. that sounded like a really bad like rap battle thing like i'll <laughs> put me in the essay i'll give you a thesis okay i think we should just end uh, this just this cut too that much. just no i'm keeping that. it in <laughs> okay no. we'll see you guys next week for episode five yes and we're very excited for next week yeah bye bye